Welcome to the Mom on Purpose podcast. I'm Laura Johnson, and I'm here to teach you how to get out of your funk, be in a better mood, play more with your kids, manage your home better, get your to-do list done, and live your life on purpose. With my proven method, this is possible for you, and I'll show you how. You're not alone anymore. We're in this together. Hello. Welcome to the Mom on Purpose podcast. I am your host, Laura Johnson, and I am so glad that you are back today uh, for part two of Goals Are Just Decisions in Disguise. So I hope you got a lot of really good insights uh, for yourself in this last episode so that you're starting to see and understand the patterns around your decision making and some of the things that you internally believe about goals. And I think it's so important for every one of us to recognize that goals really are just a decision. That's it. Uh, The decision to wake up earlier, the decision to eat differently, the decision to answer whatever call you feel inside of you. That's it. That's all a goal is, is simply a decision. And so like we talked about in the last episode, when you understand the patterns that you have around the way your brain is existing in the world and the thoughts that you're having, then you can start moving towards those decisions or those goals at an easier pace. And so that's what I want to spend today on is really helping you understand what I call and created the decision-making cycle. Now, I first heard kind of some pieces of this from my business coach, but as I've watched myself, as I've coached a lot of women what I have found is that there were a couple things that I wanted to expound on, and that's where the decision-making cycle was born. It was kind of part like my own intuition, things that I felt like God was teaching, things that I was learning from the world and the way it exists in the world. And so that's where this comes into play, That just a little bit of history on that. And I have found that this helps me step outside of a lot of the emotions of the decisions and a lot of the negative stories I had about not being a good decision maker. And it helps me get really clear on where my weaknesses were so that instead of just having the reoccurring thought, like I wasn't good at reaching goals, I could say in this piece of the decision making cycle, this thing is starting to come up. And so it became a lot easier for me to almost troubleshoot some of the obstacles that I was experiencing. So that's where I want to start today is um, first just outlining the four steps in the decision-making cycle. And within each of these steps, there are specific things that I will talk to you about, specifically the common patterns I see where women, the, the, the women that I coach drop off. And by, by what I mean with drop off is like where they get like hung up and they don't move through the cycle, but they actually step outside of it, which let's be clear, like not making a decision, not moving through the cycle is still making a decision. <laughs> okay. It's just the decision to stay stuck. And so that's where I'm, I'm, I'll outline some of these things, you know, as we go through. And the reason why, and I always mention this, I feel like in episodes, the reason why I can speak to these things so intimately 
is because this is the pattern of my brain too. And so I just want to normalize everything right here that it's okay if you struggle with these things. It doesn't mean that you're not good or you're not keeping commitments to yourself. It just means that there's some tweaks that you want to make in your brain. And this is just a tool in order to help you do that. All right, so let's first dive into our game. You know this episode is for you, is if you try to avoid failure and try to increase your successes. Um, You also know this episode is for you, is if you are quote unquote, always trying to do it right. So you don't waste your time, you don't waste your money, you don't waste your energy. You'll also know this episode is for you, is if you go and start working towards a goal or a decision and about two weeks in, it seems way too hard. (laughs) Something happens and you want to give up on it and you just like jump ship and tell yourself, well, I wasn't, I didn't really want that anyway. Um, You'll also know this is for you. Um, This episode is for you is if you Know that other people think you do a pretty good job in your life, like reaching your goals, but secretly you don't think you do a very good job and that you are often trying to move on to the next goal to get that next hit. Um, And in an effort to do that, that's like when you feel best about yourself is when you're reaching your goals. And then also the last thing you'll know, and this is not like a full comprehensive list, just to be clear. Um, But you'll also know that this uh, episode is for you is if at the very end of reaching a goal is if you feel like you need a break and you want to take a vacation or you want to step away from it and you don't want to reach any more goals. (laughs) You want to get away from the G word as fast as possible. (laughs) Okay. And I, I find that, um, in the past when I have been in that spot before, I've honestly felt like I needed a vacation from my goals. So just know you're in the right spot if any of those things resonate with you, or if there's something else that comes up in your mind when, as we're talking about this, um, just know that this is a safe place for all of it. All right. So let's start with um, the four steps that I'm going to outline in the decision-making cycle. Now I want you to think about this in terms of a circle. Okay. At the very top of it, you know, break the circle into force. Okay. The very top of the circle, you have decisions. Then you move down, you know, to like the next, like one fourth point, um, which is implement. Then down at the bottom of the circle is celebrate and evaluate. And then the next part, you know, halfway up, you know, back to the top of the circle is try again. And I like to put it in a circle because it helps my brain think of this as a cyclical pattern instead of a checklist, like you go through each of these and you reach a destination at the end. Um, So the cyclical pattern, and we talk a lot about that in my coaching, is that this is just the pattern of the world. It's going to keep coming up. You're not ever going to get to a spot where you're like, I'm done. No more decisions. I never have to make another one. (laughs) And now my life is complete. No, it's a cyclical process. Okay. So let's start with decisions. So a decision is just something you choose to do. It's very simple. And what I find with a lot of people is that if they research a lot 
if they are praying a lot about something and they're waiting for an answer and they don't feel like the answer is coming. And so then they start asking other people what their opinions are, especially their husband. And then you don't really like his answer. So you go back and you start researching more and suddenly you find yourself like totally paralyzed because there's so much information and you don't know what the right thing is to do. These are the symptoms that you are stuck in indecision and that you are uncomfortable making a decision. Usually there's an underlying thought pattern of you have to make the right decision. And especially within our our Christian culture, it's we want to do God's will. We want to do right by him. We want to do the thing that he wants us to do. And so oftentimes we get really hung up on this spot of like doing what's right, especially in God's eyes. And it's a lot of pressure, especially when we're not getting answers to our prayers. Now, I know for me, this was a big deal when I was going to college and I remember being so frustrated. I didn't know where I should go to school and I prayed and prayed and prayed and prayed and prayed and didn't get a single freaking answer. And I was so frustrated. And I remember talking to my dad about it. And he had some really amazing wisdom for me that it has really stuck to me, is stuck with me to this day, where he said, God doesn't really matter where you go as long as you're still honoring him. And I remember at the time arguing like, yeah, but there is like a right decision, (laughs) you know, and it's taken me a lot of years to realize the true wisdom of that. So I want you just to think about that. Like in a decision, what we are looking for is just something that we choose to do. We can take the pressure off of ourselves. We can take the thought of like doing it right and release that. When we make a decision, there's no right decision. There's just decisions we make right for ourselves. And I think the most important thing in this step is to recognize if things don't go the way you think they should, how are you going to treat yourself? That is like, I I want you to really let that settle in. If things don't go the way you think they should, how are you going to treat yourself? And so what I realize is every time I had a lesson to learn, like things didn't go as I thought they should. I thought I made the wrong choice and that I was upsetting God in some way. And that just wasn't the case. Like I had specific lessons and skills that I needed to to develop. So it didn't mean it was a wrong decision. It just meant that there were some things that I needed to learn as part of that decision to shape me into who I am right now. And so that really helped me, you know, release a lot of the pressure about the decision, um, the decision part of the decision-making cycle. Okay. So you've got something that you choose to do. It doesn't matter what it is. You just choose it for a time. It's not written in stone. It's just a choice for right now. Then you move on to the implementation. Now, when we move to implementation, there's a couple things that I see a lot in my clients on where they jump ship as part of this decision-making cycle. The first one is they'll often have the thought, I don't know. I don't know where to start. I don't know what to do. And then they'll go research somewhere. <laughs> like <laughs> there is a time and place for research, but 
for the most part, people are using it as a way um, to avoid discomfort. And it's almost like a, it becomes like a pacifying your emotion type activity, but our brain wants to tell us it's actually productive. So just always be on the lookout for that in your own brain. So again, if you don't know where to start and you go start buying lots of courses and you start like not even diving into all of the courses, but you go and you try and find someone else that has the answer. And you do all of this so that you can avoid some kind of failure. And sometimes as you go through this process, your brain starts to get tripped up that maybe it was the wrong decision and you should go back to the decision and change that. And sometimes you'll just stay like in the implementation, like I don't know where to start. So those are a couple things that I really see where people step out of the implementation. So when we're looking at an implementation phase, the biggest thing here is to make a plan with what you do know. It's that simple. Before you go researching everything, make a plan out of the things that you do know right now. And that's where you start. Then as you start building momentum, then they're going to find the next thing that maybe you need additional help and research on. So I saw this a lot with myself in the beginning of my business, where there was a lot of things that I didn't know. So I started taking all kinds of courses on things that were like, in my future, a year, two years, five years down the road, when in reality, that didn't help me from the get go. All I needed to, to do from the very beginning was learn how to talk to people. <laughs> like it sounds so simple. That was very hard for me. <laughs> okay, so that's where I really had to go back to what do I know right now? Okay, I know that I like writing. Okay, I'm going to write something. Okay, I know that I'm really good talking one-on-one with people. I'm going to practice doing that. Uh, and then it, from there, I started inching forward and learning as I went when the next thing came up that I didn't know. But it was never, what's everything I need to know right now for the next 10 years? It was, what do I know right now? I'm going to start with that. So from there, as part of the implementation, is you start thinking about the roadblocks that are going to come up. So you have your your rough plan on things that you do know, and then you have your roadblocks that are coming up. And what's important is to remember these might be physical roadblocks. These might be mental roadblocks. These might be emotional roadblocks. And you think about each of these things differently. So a, a perfect example of this is I know at some point when I'm working on a goal, I'm going to have PMS. That's just the way it is. <laughs> Except when you're pregnant, and that's a whole different <laughs> ball game. But uh, yes, I know I'm going to have PMS. That is something physical that is going to come up. I don't feel good when I'm on my period. But then I have a whole slew of emotional and mental roadblocks that come up as part of that. Now, I know the week before I start my period, that's not the week to plan a huge event. Okay. I know myself well enough to know I'm going to be super ornery, irritable, and exhausted. Okay. Now the week after, 
that's when I start getting my energy back. So that's where I start attending networking events or that ever wonder why the book club is the last Thursday of the month. It's usually because I'm off my period by then. (laughs) Okay. We're getting really cozy on this podcast. You're going to learn all kinds of things on me about me. So I use that as, as an example, because that is all part of my implementation plans. So that as we're moving forward, we're figuring out what are those roadblocks. Now, also uh, something else to be aware of is, like I mentioned, the mental roadblocks. These are the thought patterns that are going to come up. At some point, I always know I'm going to get sick when I'm working on a goal somewhere, or one of my kids will get sick. And my brain will use that as, see, this is why we don't move forward on anything because our life is so hard. Like that's the kind of like naggy voice that's in my head, (laughs) if you're wondering. So all of that I start to plan for and I schedule days for when I'm going to have a down day or multiple days in a row. That is part of my implementation plan. All right. So now we move on to the next one, which is the evaluate and celebrate. What I have found is that at this point, this is one of the biggest drop-offs. We think it's decision. We think it's implementation. It's actually the celebration. We as women rarely celebrate ourselves. And at the very end, when we have worked on something, a common pattern that I see is that it wasn't good enough. Something that we learned wasn't enough, or we didn't get as, uh, as f- like further ahead than we wanted. Like whatever that thing is, we will always discredit ourselves. And oh my gosh, I want to shake my clients sometimes. <laughs> like, don't do that to yourself. But I know we, every single one of us does it. So that's the biggest thing that I see is that we turn a blind eye to our success and we turn a blind eye to being able to review what did work and what we want to tweak going forward. Okay. So that's most of the time where I see people drop off. And so when we get to this point, I want you to remember something just to remember, super simple, the skill of celebration. (laughs) And I find that when I, when I call it the skill of celebration, it helps me remember that I'm practicing celebrating. Like it's something that you have to develop and get comfortable with. And the second I move into that, it's like I step away from being afraid of like being too arrogant or confident. And really it helps me just have a lot of compassion that it's something that I'm learning. So at this point, At this spot, this is where we start to practice being proud of ourselves for any of the successes that we have. And I mean any of them. You showed up the next day and fed your kids when you didn't feel like it. That's a success. If you uh, ate a carrot when you were trying to eat healthier, you ate one more carrot than probably the day before. That's a success. When you are practicing the skill of celebration, you don't di- you don't get to discredit those things because that's just the pattern of your brain wanting to discredit it. But in the end, it's just going to discourage you even more. So why not practice celebrating every one of those things? So then the second part of that, you know, is the skill of celebration. Always 
finding whatever you can to celebrate and to sit with the emotion and the excitement and feeling proud of yourself. The second part is the evaluation. Now the evaluation is the fun part where you really get to start looking at what are some of the things that worked now and what are some of the things that didn't work. Now I've learned, you know, going back to my example of like hosting an event (laughs) while I'm on my period doesn't work. And I know that because I've done evaluations on it. I also know for me that every time I tell myself what I did wasn't good enough, that's not a thought pattern, you know, in my evaluation of it, it's not a thought pattern that served me. It just doesn't work. I get more discouraged. All of these things that I'm telling you, I can tell you about each of my clients as well, the things that don't work for them because they're common patterns. And when you start tracking these things, it's so easy. These patterns will jump off the page and you start to see like, there's no reason for me to beat myself up right now. It only gets me more discouraged. And then it's easier to move beyond those patterns. It's like you draw a line in the sand and you're like, I'm not going to treat myself like that anymore. So that's the next part of that decision-making cycle is when we're celebrating and evaluating ourselves and the things that we're working on as part of that decision. So then the last step with all of this is trying again. So if, like I mentioned in the very beginning, if you ever feel like you need a vacation from your goals, (laughs) okay, we need to get back to the trying again step. That's where you know you're dropping off because if you feel like you need to recover and you just can't even say the G word, if you feel like, um, all of a sudden, like all the piles in your house have stacked up and you feel so guilty because you've been ignoring your kids. These are the common things that cause people to drop off. And I know that when this starts to happen with my clients is they were working from frantic energy and that was the pattern that was existing. Like the, the, how do I want to explain it? Like the hustle energy, but the not good hustle where it was like, anxious movement constantly and that foundations weren't and systems weren't built in the other areas of their life to support as they go through this decision-making cycle. And so all of that can be fixed. That's super simple, but I want you to see if you step out of it at this point, you know, when you go to try again and you don't want to try again, you want to leave the G word altogether, then that's when you know that like things are feeling neglected. That's where you step outside of the decision-making cycle before you try again. So the biggest thing to remember at this spot is that there is a time to be. And this is not in the terms of like a vacation, but this is in the time where like you're building your belief about yourself. You're building your belief in God. You're building in your belief that you have capacity to do this. And you start laying the foundation of other areas of your life to support you in your goals, not take you away from them, to really help you move through that decision-making cycle but not neglecting the other areas of your life. This is so foundational. Like if you think about, you know, building a house for example, it's really easy to think about building up, but think about all that goes in before you ever start building. You've got to prep the soil, you got to have blueprints, you got to lay a foundation, a strong foundation. 
All of that is very similar to creating a life that supports your, your dreams, supports what you feel called to do so that when you do get to the spot of trying again, you don't feel like you have to step away from it to address the areas that you've neglected. But in fact, all of it supports you on moving through that cycle again. And you want to try again because you have built that foundation and you have that partnership with God. So as you get to this spot, I think the biggest thing to do is to one, start with the 1%. This is a process. Don't go and try and implement everything all at once. Use this as a framework for yourself. Find one thing that you can do, anything that resonated with you as I was talking, just start in that one thing. Super easy because those 1% will add up to create a completely different experience for you when you are making decisions. So then the next thing is to do it messy. (laughs) Okay. This is not a place for perfection. This is a place to be in the messy middle of our lives where it's not going to be picture perfect and you're going to mess up and you're going to walk away from it and forget you were even working on it. And all of those things happen. Just come back to it every time you remember. It's that simple. That's what consistency is, is just returning back to the thing you're working on. doesn't really matter how long it takes you to return. Just remember to do it messy. The third thing is to reach out to me. The decision-making cycle is an integral part of what I teach my clients. Uh, We use this framework uh, so that it's personalized to every single person. And this is where we become really intimate with your brain, your thoughts, your emotions, and it really lays the foundation for so that your life can support you in your purpose. I promise it is so doable for you. And really, this is the benefit of coaching is you don't have to do it alone, that you have someone step by step taking you along the way. And it is one of the best feelings in the world not to be confused, but to be guided through this process. So go down to the show notes. You will see a link where you can schedule your free consultation. This is a 60 minute phone call that is solely focused on you and your purpose. I will help you discover it and answer it. And in this call, you'll get really clear on how to use that and how the decision-making cycle framework uh, will personalize all of that to you. So again, go down to the show notes, click on the link for scheduling an appointment, find a time that works for you, and then we can jump on the phone and talk. Have a wonderful week. I will talk to you soon. Thank you for listening. Please share, review, and subscribe to this podcast so that together we can live life on purpose.